Hello and welcome to this edition of Pocket Grandpa, Conversations Between Generations. I'm Jerry, my grandson Liam is here with me, and today we're going to discuss music. Music can evoke so many uh, different emotions. Absolutely. Um, and that's one of the things we were going to talk about is like, let me ask you, is when you listen to a song, um, I know this can be hard to answer, but it, and it, and generally, does the melody strike you first or a lyric? I like songs for the lyrics yeah. um, more than the melodies, uh, but it depends on the song. Um, some songs I listen to don't even have lyrics, uh, especially um, a genre called lo-fi um, that I listen to a lot. It's, I like that, by the way, since you introduced me to it. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and um, it's it's to me, it's kind of like my generation's version of jazz. You know, not not necessarily. It doesn't sound similar to jazz, but it's that kind of improvisational um, collecting from the world around you. Um, you know, it, it, it samples a lot of um, a lot of sounds and a lot of other songs um, and puts them in a mellow beat. And from what little bit I've heard, I kind of describe it as free flowing. Exactly. And yeah. Almost relaxing too. Right. And the structure and the yeah. um, is very loose, and people. You know, there's plenty of lo-fi artists that just put out songs over and oh yeah, like they're usually very short songs, but they put a lot out. They experiment, and it's really cool to see how people experiment with sounds that are already out there, and how they change it and make it a different feeling overall. Um, I I know one of my favorite lo-fi artists is Sarcastic Sounds, and I played you that um, today actually. Yeah, that was uh, good. But yeah, I. It depends on the song for me, um, lyrics or melody. Uh, I think melody hits me first. Uh, the melody grabs me. It, it can be, uh, and then in the lyrics, it has to have a really good hook. Um, I gave you an example earlier of the song "If" by Bread from the '70s, and I told you that my favorite line of any song was in that song, If, and, and David Gates says, if a man could be two places in one time, I'd be with you tomorrow and today, together all the way. I love that and, line. And, and I'm thinking, what a lyric. If I could have written something like that, well, I'd have more money than right. I it's today, <laughs> number one. <laughs> it's brilliant. It's that, And... You know, if I could come up with uh, things on the spot like that, I'd probably have more girlfriends than I've had so far. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I, I think that uh, strong lyrics like that really do make a song. But one thing I don't really concern myself with, actually, is rhyming. You know, I'm okay yeah. with um, with songs that don't rhyme. Right. Uh, like, especially, uh, I played you another band called Car Seat Headrest. Um, they're an indie band. Not many people have heard of them, but most of their songs are... Um, freeform you know in the sense that like uh, it's it's just it's just thought process it's like stream listening to someone right stream of consciousness that's yeah. the word i was looking okay. for um you know it's like listening to someone talk just melodically mm -hmm. um 
But so what would you say your favorite instrument is? What's one, wow. like, not to play, but to listen to? To listen to. It used to be guitar, and, and I probably still favor guitar, but just in the last several years, it's funny how my taste has evolved in music, too, and changed in what I like. But um, piano I like a lot now. I, I, I appreciate piano a lot more than I used to. Um, and, and I pay more attention to it in a song. And drums. I'm, I'm a big drum fan and bass. Right. Bass I, and drums. Every time I've been in the car with you, you're, you're you know, <laughs> on your imaginary drum set. On the steering wheel? Yeah, on the steering wheel. Yeah, yeah. I know you definitely like drums. You know, Grandma, um, for one of my birthdays, uh, bought me drumsticks just to play mm-hmm. on my steering wheel when I was sitting in traffic on the freeway Did steering you? with my knee, you know, inching up at a time, mm-hmm. you know, a, a car length at a time. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'd crank up my radio and play it on the, on the steering wheel. People would drive by and look at me like I was crazy. <laughs> right. Of course, they were right. Oh, yeah. But they didn't know that. They didn't but know that. Then they hear this, and then they're like, oh, yeah, I remember that old man that I drove by the other day. <laughs> but I wasn't an old man then. <laughs> well, I just, oh, when <laughs> Not did, when I had my drumsticks. That's oh, what, when did she... Uh, I still have them. They're in there on the book. Case. I've seen them, yeah. yeah. When did she give them to you? Oh, gosh. I don't know. I was probably uh, 40. Maybe for my 40th birthday, she might have given them to me. I'm trying to remember. Well, um, you know, one of the reasons why music uh, was on our list of things to talk about, um, another podcast that I listened to called the Homie Talk Podcast um, was talking about uh, new and old music and the differences between them. So that was I just a little shout out to um, to them. That was a a great idea and i think that comparing our generations is one of the one of the best ways to figure out how music has evolved but what's still the same um for me by the way it's it's saxophone i love the saxophone i love listening to it um there's not a lot of songs you hear nowadays that have saxophone in them the 50s saxophones were in every right. song right every song that's why i like some 50s songs and into the early 60s but then it, it kind of got to where it wasn't as popular anymore in fact my brother and I were just watching something on TV the other night, and uh, they had saxophones in the background. And I mentioned to him at the time, you don't see saxophones like you used to in a band. It's not so much, you know. But yeah, that's interesting. Um, my all-time favorite song, I told you this too, was uh, the favorite song I've ever had is uh, Gladys Knight and the Pips, Midnight right. Train to Georgia. Yeah, that is a, that's a good song. I just song. love that song. I yeah. Could, I could listen to it over and over and over, and I do. <laughs> so from my generation the yeah. newer versions of songs or the new um, genres that have been coming out um, compared to the ones that you grew up with which one is your least favorite of the new stuff or of the, the new stuff oh man that's a hard one because I don't get a chance to listen to all that much new stuff um, I listen to my you know uh, satellite radio all the time right and so you're able to pick your your genres, your stations you like. And um, there's not a lot of new stuff on what I listen to. What would be my favorite of the new stuff? Uh, sure. Um, well, in, it's more of the country genre, but I like Dan and Shay, Florida Georgia Line. I like some of the new country like that. And I know a lot of people do not like new country. They like the old country. My best friend is a perfect example of that. He... Um... He showed me Hank Williams Sr. Oh, yeah. Um, 
things like that. That's the kind of country music he's into. And uh, when he hears someone like in Florida, Georgia Line, he uh, he always gives him some gives him some grief about it. But well, Luke Combs is an example of new country. Right, you played some. But of that he fun. has that traditional country. I don't want to say twang. That sounds too um, generalized. But he's he's a country boy, no doubt about it. But I like his music a lot, and he is just yeah. You going played some gangbusters. His first album, I think, had five number ones off of it. Yeah, I um, remember um, on a road trip we listened to it yeah, um, quite a bit, and really yeah, good. I liked him. And usually, I don't like new country either. My least favorite, though, out of the the new genres mm. um, for me, it would be heavy metal. I just really don't like you know. I mean. And I'm not talking like Metallica. I'm talking like you know the the deep throat. Uh, you can't even understand what they're saying. You know. Oh yeah. Yeah, just like it sounds like you're almost. Ta- you are you mean like the like grunge sound they had? In- no, not grunge. Grunge was like you know. It was hard for me to understand. It was grunge. mumbly. Yeah, I couldn't understand the lyrics in grunge. Death metal is like you know. Um, what's a good way to describe it? It's like making that sound in the back of your throat, oh. um, kind of like burping, and then just singing like that. You're coughing it's, up something. Yeah, right, exactly. <laughs> it's, uh, And, you know, um, that's one thing I'll never understand. Um, you know, I, I, don't, I don't judge anyone for liking it, uh, but I just, I can't get into it. And no matter how much my, my best friend has tried to get me into it, it's just like Slayer, um, or, uh, or, well, Megadeth was a good one, but that was more rock. Um, that was some metal, but, uh, you how know. About, how about the old rock, like Tom Petty and stuff oh, like I that? Oh, I love Tom Petty. Tom Petty was great. Mary Jane's Last Dance, mm-hmm. one of the best songs by him. Um, I'm so sad that he died. Um, he had some <laughs> yeah, really amazing lyri- uh, lyrics and some amazing sound. Um, I yeah. was like, I was like that song for putting the convertible top down in my car and driving. We're losing so many of them lately, too. I mean, Glenn Fry and, and uh, like you say, Tom Petty. Yep, lots of them going at this age. This is why it's important that you and I, I think, do something like we're doing right now, you know? Um, it helps... Uh, it helps maybe we carry things on a little bit, you know? I mean, by right. you getting my ideas of my music, I don't know if any of them influence you, but um, I know you've listened to a lot of it. You couldn't help but riding in a car with us all these years. Right. All your life. I was forced to. And you were forced, forced to. to like it. Even when you were in a car seat with the radio blaring and, uh, and all these people we're talking about here performing on the radio. Well, and, you know, I think I will talk to, you know, I, I'll, I'll play that music for my kids if it's still around. I, mm-hmm. I like, you know... I like listen. I'll voluntarily listen to Zeppelin. I'll voluntarily listen to the Beatles. Um, I really do like the old music. And uh, one of the things from that podcast uh, that I was talking about, um, uh, the one that I got this idea from, uh, they were talking about old music versus new music and its availability. Like um, one of the uh, one of the podcasts, the one of the hosts. Um, I was talking about how easy it is to just record a beat and a little and some lyrics and put it online 
you know, put it on Spotify, put it on wherever. Mm. Um, and he was talking about how maybe that erodes uh, being genuine, um, how it's just kind of like, you know, scattershot, you know, and hopefully one of them, one of them hits, you know, instead of, you know, if you were, if you were a band back in the sixties or seventies, it costs a lot of money to, um, to produce your songs because you had to, you know, you had to get them out on vinyl or, um, you know, had to have studio tapes, time, right. Yeah. Studio time, mm-hmm. all that. And it was expensive. Yeah. And so you had to make a song that you really put a lot of thought into a lot of, um, you know, a lot of, a lot of care and work into. And he made the argument that songs, older songs are more genuine. Do you get that feel from? Yeah, I do. I mean, it might just be because of my age, but, um, you know, I think, I think the lyrics and the older songs were, um, so much more meaningful than a lot of the new stuff. I'm not saying all the new stuff is, is mundane, but I think that uh, that the old stuff really had a message, you know. I've noticed a lot of the songs you showed me from that era are love songs. Yeah. Um, was that, you know, were there any that weren't love songs? Oh, yeah. I mean, uh, like James Taylor, you know, whenever I see your smiling face and stuff like that, and The Walking Man and you know, different, there was, a, there were a lot of performers who had songs that weren't ballads or love songs. Ballads tend to, um, tend to showcase, I think, more of, of, a artist talent for me. And, um, and I think they're popular with most people on the radio and stuff like that. That was the other thing I was going to talk about a little bit is when I knew we were going to talk about music, I, uh, I got to thinking about how radio has evolved. And as you remember, well, you weren't alive then, but I did some radio uh, back in the 80s. And um, radio has changed so much. Um, There was, like, I was surprised to find that FM actually was invented like 1941. And the the first FM station on the air was in Nashville, Tennessee in like 1945. And... um, then by the end of the 70s, it started being introduced in the 60s on regular radio. And by the end of the 70s, there was 50% of people were listening to FM. That's by the end of the 70s. A couple of years later, 1982, 80% were listening to FM stations. Well, and... Yeah, AM was actually around for a lot longer before FM too. Way longer. Yeah. yeah, and you know the telegraphs, the um, that was that used AM amplitude mod- mod- modification um, technology. So yeah, FM hasn't been around too Since long. Marconi but Marconi or whoever. Yeah, but and then then we evolved to satellite, and right. that's when see back in, in the '70s, this music I'm talking about, you could hear that was the unique thing about then. Uh, is you could hear Barbara Streisand singing Evergreen in the mid-70s, late 70s. You could hear the Bee Gees singing something. You could hear Fleetwood Mac, Tom Petty, uh, the Commodores, the Temptations, all on the same station that you're listening to during the day. And now, with satellite, 
um, you pick your genre and right. you listen to what you like all day long. Yeah, you can listen to just one genre um, radio and they'll just play all that. Um, and, you know, FM only has so many frequencies that it can take up. Um, what, uh, going back to uh, real quick um, about genuine being genuine mm. and uh and the style of 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 music um you said that uh um a lot of the songs uh not all of them but a lot of them were love songs from mm-hmm. your generation what do you think about the tone of of um newer songs i mean for me my generation of songs seem sadder um they're more about personal struggles more and, pessimistic right yeah more pessimistic yeah. um you know and personally i don't mind that i i like the the reality of that um love songs are good but to me they get kind of old um you know uh like i i love i love a good love song but i don't know if i could listen to that much optimism uh, on a radio all day <laughs> yeah right, right. Well, they have they have on Sirius, I think, stations that are just love songs too. Yeah, you, know, you can listen to all love songs if you want to, like you say, all day. I think you'd have to be in the mood for that for some reason. One thing you'd have to be in love, or uh, right. I don't know. The blues is something we haven't discussed either. Oh, love that's the true. Blues. And that's but, you know, and that's a good version. Uh, that's a good um, example of a more pessimistic version yeah. of um, of music in your era well this is a whole different thing i'm going to bring up here and maybe um i mean because this gets into into psychology and stuff but i've, I've always wondered uh, especially more recently why people listen to the blues when they are sad and the blues makes them feel better i've never understood that oh well that's I can answer that one. Okay. Um, I, I, you know, and this goes kind of into that conversation too. I like listening to sad music when I'm sad. I, I don't understand when people listen to happy music when they're sad. Yeah. Because, well, number one, listening to happy music when you're sad is like, you know, having a friend that's like, oh, that's not so bad. Uh, listen, what great thing happened to me the other day when you're trying, when you're, when you're hurting. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the reason why people listen to the blues when they're sad or sad songs when they're sad is um, is to feel val- feel validated, you know? Right. It's just say, oh, wow, well, this guy know- gets it. This guy really understands. He's going through the same thing. And maybe even if that's not the case, it's the interpretation. Absolutely. It's your own interpretation of music, yeah. which is why you play a song for someone, they could have a totally different reaction than someone else. Yeah. Um, and most of the time they do, I think. But it, you know, it's like um, like you're saying exactly. Um, you, when you're sad, you want to identify with some. You want something to identify with your sadness, your grief, your hurt. Something to speak to that, and you go, oh yeah, that guy gets it singing that song or that woman, whoever. Well, and I think that. I think that's why I'm so grateful to have such a such a huge um, database full of songs now, um, like Spotify. Yeah. And you know, you didn't have that back in your day. No, you were at the mercy of whatever DJ was on the radio. Right. Um, and but 
you know, I can choose a song exactly to fit my mood. Right. Um, and I love that. You yeah, know? I do um, too. And I can yeah. listen to it on repeat over and over again if yeah. I want to. Um, Instead of waiting another right. 10 hours for yeah. it to come on the radio. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. Which is one thing I'm grateful for about um, yeah. my generation. Yeah, uh, that's great. It's part of the evolution that's wonderful. Right. Um, one more thing um, before we uh, go. I want to talk about uh, mixtapes. You know, now that's something that uh, you, that your generation had, you know, it was a big thing. Um, and maybe maybe it was a little later. Um, but the whole idea of compiling um, a bunch of songs onto an out onto a uh, onto one disc or tape or whatever and giving it to someone and you know and saying oh well you know this is this is all the songs that remind me of you or you know something personal like that Um, nowadays we don't you know we don't use anything physical um so I guess the closest thing to that right now would be like on Spotify, your like list. Playlists. Yeah, your playlists. Yeah. On, and on I've Spotify. made, you know, I've made playlists for people or just for moods. Yeah. Um, and I really enjoy it. I love thinking about a certain situation or a certain person and being able to say, ah, I know what, you know, I know what they'd like. Or, you know, I this reminds me of, of, of whatever. And I, I usually make it really interesting really cryptic my uh you know um the the way i i um title it and the way i order it um so but i still would prefer a physical copy like a mixtape you know do you miss that physical copy no not really i gotta say i don't how come um i guess i like the immediacy of of my phone when I'm walking and my headphones in my ears and if I like you say if something reminds me of of a certain song and I say oh man I haven't heard that in a while I can just go ahead and punch it in and do a search and it's right there and I can listen to it two or three times if I want to before I get tired of it so do you think that um, making a playlist for someone is has the same weight as making a mixtape for someone I, yeah, I mean it's yeah. just, it's the same thing. It's just a, a different uh, venue of it, I guess you'd say, or a way of doing it. Um, one thing we should talk about briefly before we're we're finished here tonight is, um, and I think this is important. It just occurred to me as we were talking. We'd be remiss, I think, if we didn't talk about the influence of drugs and music because Absolutely. my generation back in the '60s. Everybody, all the musicians were doing drugs. You know, they still are. Bob, <laughs> Bob Dylan, yeah, my generation, yeah, they still are. Uh, but you know, Dylan and uh, the Stones and and the Beatles and everybody was partying a lot and doing a lot of drugs. I get the impression, and I could be way wrong, and this is where the generation thing comes in. That the music you're listening to, those people aren't as into a, a drug scene as at to to get the motivation for their music as they were in my day. I got to disagree with that. You think actually. they are? Yeah. Um, into the same drugs, like I marijuana mean, or something? Or do you think they're into, uh, I mean, because people were into all kinds of stuff back then. Well, maybe not the music. I, I, I mean, I try to listen to everything, and um, especially when it comes to hip-hop, um, you know, and things like that. Yeah, there's still a lot of, a lot of drug use. Mm. Um, 
Xanax is a big thing that's um, that's been popping up in uh, popular um, rap music. Xanax, um, I don't know, it's romanticized a lot. Um, More hip hop or, or or rap or what? Hip hop, rap, yeah. Um, really? Hmm. Yeah, you hear a lot, and a lot of overdoses um, of pop uh, of popular um, hip hop and rap artists have been due to xanax i think the drugs are changing but i think that for the most part yeah drugs still play a big role that concludes this episode of pocket grandpa um we've been wanting to get some of your suggestions on possible topics or just things we should talk about or ideas you have for the show um you can reach us at our email it's pocketgrandpa.cbg at gmail.com and yeah shoot us an email with um Whatever you'd like us to talk about, and we'll. Uh... <laughs> oh, it's so close. <laughs> no, sorry, couldn't resist it. <laughs> I didn't have a sock, so I just took my sleeve. <laughs> <laughs> We should leave this in. Yeah. Okay. All right. (laughs) Well, see you next time, guys. Have a good day.